Welcome to our second podcast on uh, social psychology, and uh, what we're going to talk about today is the, some of the characteristics of an effective sports counselor. Uh, many of the people that we uh, teach in this class, sports psychology at our university, um, will be out in the field working with teams and athletes, and uh, our goal is to help them become the best sports counselor that they can be. And I equate a good sports counselor somewhat as a cheerleader on a team. It, it, a cheerleader's role is to motivate and the crowd and encourage the team. Likewise, a sports counselor's role is to motivate and encourage the players and coaches with insights gained from the field of psychology. So what I'm going to do is just talk to you about some of the 10 things that we uh, have, uh, what we feel is important uh, for, for sports counselors to uh, characteristics that they need to have in order to be a, uh, effective in this uh, profession. And then after I go through it, uh, what we're going to do is we'll just comment on them and add to it and uh, get the feedback from the other two panelists here. But, uh, so the, the first one is effective sports counselors must be energetic. And uh, if you come across very timid or you're not energetic, you're not going to be an ex a successful sports counselor. Second one is an effective sports counselors are active listeners. You got to know you're not telling coaches what to do until you hear what their culture, what their system, what their team is all about. Third, effective sports counter, uh, counselors possess a personality that others are attracted to. You know, when you're talking to coaches or players, you have to be kind, you have to have good eye contact. Uh, you have to reflect what the coach or athlete is saying, focusing first on the relationship and then zeroing on what's uh, the issue at hand. Um, I often tell my students in sports psychology, I'll say, if there were 10 people that had identical skills in sports psychology and a coach wanted to hire one of them to work with their team, why would they choose you over the other nine? And uh, those are things that you have to keep in mind because you have to win them over and get their trust in order to be able to help them. Uh, fourthly, uh, effective sports counselors are good communicators. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh, fifth, uh, an effective sports counselor is known for good judgment. Uh, the athlete has to... Uh, understand or the coach that you have wisdom and insight that's appreciated and uh, well respected. Six, you got to be a teacher. Uh, sports counselors are, have to be good teachers. Uh, uh, whether you're teaching a one-on-one -on -one setting or providing a workshop for a coach or team, you have to be able to articulate your thoughts in an enjoyable atmosphere uh, so that people accept it and want it. Seventh, effective counselors possess a good grasp on the psychological as well as mental components of what transpires in the mind and body of the athlete. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Eight, um, effective counselors are able to obtain the trust of the parents and the athletes. Elite uh, players especially are weary of being used by outside individuals. I've worked with a number of uh, professional teams in the past, and uh, 
if they can't trust you, you will not get the first base with them. Uh, so you have to, they're very wary of, of, okay, what I share with Rick, is that going to be um, uh, disseminated out in the public? You know, if they can't trust you, they're not going to share anything with you. Uh, nine is effective sports counselors are creative entrepreneurs who can look outside the box and find angles that enhance the athlete's performance. So you're not just doing something that a athlete or a coach can just go Google online and say, okay, how do I do this? You have to have insight, creativity, uh, you have to be outside the box on that to help athletes' uh, performance uh, increase. And lastly, effective sports counselors possess sports intelligence who know the rules of the game and is able to counsel a player emotionally and cognitive through the grid of that sport. So this kind of is an overview of the 10 characteristics of an effective sports counselor. And uh, Holly, uh, maybe you can uh, expound on some of the things that you have found in your consulting with uh, athletes and coaches as well. Well, I think I want to return to what I think would be kind of key, right? Um, I think if we're looking at this list, what things are most important? And for me, it's active listener um, and creative entrepreneur, right? So active listener and creative entrepreneur, because I think the other things will follow, right? Um, I do think good communication, right, is, is really there, but the ability to be creative, because... How do you define creativity? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so I usually define cre- creativity as the ability to think differently um, or to solve problems relatively quickly. And I think that is a, I know, Stacy's looking at me like, hmm. I really it. And so, uh, but problem solving, right? A lot of times we are not good problem solvers because we don't. We're not creative. We're not thinking differently. And I know a lot of times people say thinking outside of the box. Um, but I think it's just I'm looking at a problem and I can see, see it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And we don't celebrate that ability to maybe unpack something a little bit differently than, than something else. So entrepreneurs do. I mean, they find a niche. Mm-hmm. They, find, they find a new niche that's not being met, yeah. a need that's not being met, and then they find a new way to deliver the the product that meets that that need right, um, right. and it's is you know, sport can so. you teach that Stacy in your business courses creativity mm. we do uh, I mean we push we push our students to think uh, differently not to be defined by existing parameters in business I mean isn't that what all the great icons of business have done mm-hmm. they have redefined what is possible in their industry. Mm-hmm. Henry Ford, Elon Musk, uh, I mean, you can get right down the list. Yeah. I mean, all of them, they've redefined what was possible within their industry because they were not uh, limited by the, 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 the rules and standards of that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, FedEx, you know, if you look at FedEx, was the, which was the, in many ways the precursor to a global delivery system, Early on, people would say, you're crazy. That would never, you couldn't organize that kind of logistics on that kind of scale. But they, they thought differently about it. Mm-hmm. I would, and these are really 10 fabulous characteristics. I would add two, not in addition to these 10, but really two that underscore mm-hmm. the effectiveness of these 10. Mm-hmm. And that is being authentic and being genuine. Ooh. Because 
if you're if you're a counselor and you have a uh, 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 someone that you're working with patient uh, whoever that you're working with they know if you're being authentic they know if you're being genuine and I think you've got to have yeah. that personality mm-hmm. trait mm-hmm. to make these other ten char- characteristics more effective and then I would I would on the heels of those two additional characteristics I would suggest that any effective sports counselor has got to be able to answer this question to themselves themselves first and then their their client next what value do you add yeah. what value are you adding i mean this person is paying you money to offer counseling services are you just going through the motions i mean are you really truly offering value to your customer if not, you need to rethink about how you're packaging and delivering your services Good that you point. are adding value. Because if you're not adding value, you will not be in business long. Mm-hmm. It's right. all, I don't care if you're selling widgets, I don't care what you're selling. If you can't add value, you will not be in business long. Good point. Good that's, point. that's very true. And I do think it, I, I do want to underscore the authentic piece because I think also generationally, yeah. if we're going to reach, the next generation of athletes, uh, even the parents of younger athletes and those who aspire to be elite athletes, they're looking for authenticity. And it does underscore if you're going to be energetic and active and um, if people are going to be attracted to you, people now really know if you are somebody who is looking out for them, right? Which is that other piece in terms of attaining the trust of parents and athletes. And now Parents are also looking at how their athletes respond to this person who's saying, hey, I have your child's best interest at hand, mm-hmm. but you're right. So many people come around that want to exploit children. Authenticity then becomes there. authenticity, honesty, yeah. become characteristics. Uh, 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 the hard part of the authenticity part, especially if you are dealing with an elite young athlete mm-hmm. and the parents are living their life through this athlete and you have to be honest with the parent where the kid is. And sometimes that makes it uh, difficult because uh, they'll say, oh, if you're not telling me what I want to hear, then I'm going to go to another sports counselor. Well, yeah, that's, that's a great point. In that, and I can see that happen quite a bit, and it happens in business. I mean, sometimes if I'm selling cars and the best, the best thing for this person is to not buy this car, yeah. But that's going to hurt me because I'm not going to make a commission on selling the car. It's going to hurt my business because they don't sell a car. Yeah. But the right thing for this individual is not, not to buy this car. Yeah. Well, if, if we're being ethical and moral and Christ-like and we're true in, in a fiduciary and we really have our client's best interest in mind, then, then the economics of the situation have to melt away. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So you really, it's really, you know, having that authenticity, having that being genuine, and, and putting adding that value, and what's best for this this person. Integrity. Yeah. They need yeah. to have integrity. That's essentially what you're saying. They need to have a lot of integrity. Yeah. So be willing to walk away when uh, you know it may not. It may seem like the parent mm-hmm. is more invested than the parent. Also, hopefully, you've built a relationship with that person so that you can say those things and they can hear you um, as well. Or you've, you've, you know, as we say in Christian culture a lot, um, you have um, planted a seed. Yeah. 
So they may walk away from you, but you've planted the seed and they've heard you say that this is something that they need to look out for and work on. So. Mm-hmm. I think those things come back to you, though. When you're, when you're, when you're exemplifying integrity and you're, you're looking out for your patient or your customer uh, and you're, you're giving advice that may not benefit you financially, I don't know. I just believe that stuff always comes back around. Uh, versus when you're making decisions based on what's best for you as an individual, that never works out. Sometimes it, it'll it come back. Yeah, it, it, it might come back in, in negatively, but yeah. it's never going to benefit you long term. Right. It's just like coaching. You know, when you're looking at making decisions as a coach that benefit you personally, it's just, you know, it's, it's never going to be as beneficial as when you make decisions that's best for that student athlete or that athlete or patient very good. Holly, do you have anything else you'd like to add to this? No, I think Stacy covered that really well okay. uh, in terms of, you know, that underscoring of that piece. I think I think the other thing, and maybe this is part of it here, is that your heart has to be in it. Mm-hmm. And yes. if your heart is not in it, right, what that the piece of also added value is – what value do you add? But really, where is your motivation? I know we talked about intrinsic motivation. And in some ways, you've got to be just as intrinsically motivated as the, the, yeah. the person you're working with or the family that you're working with. Because you're doing this because you want the best for this particular mm-hmm. client um, in many ways or patient, however you want to see them. But even in seeing that, right, what is the point of doing this and what's your motivation for doing it is also something that we uh, need to... I use the word passion. You mm-hmm. know, I think that passion mm-hmm. of, a, of a sports counselor has to be observed by the coach or the athlete if you're going to do this. Um, I have such a drive to help athletes here at the university and when they're struggling with psychological issues to be able to, <clears throat> by knowing athletics myself, be able to help them and get excited about their progress. As uh, one, one individual on a baseball team came back to me this year and said, man, you helped me with that anxiety and my batting average went up tremendously as a result. That to me is the exciting uh, reward that I can get for helping athletes. But, but, but you knew what you're talking about. You know, when we look at this list of 10, you can do nine out of the 10 things well on this list and still be a terrible yeah. sports counselor because I think it, 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 it goes back to number seven when you talk about uh, effective counselors possess a good grasp on the psychological as well as mental components. Uh, I'm going to use my own vernacular in that you got to know your stuff. Yeah. If you're not prepared as a professional and you don't know your stuff, I can be energetic, I can be an active listener, I can have a great personality, be a wonderful communicator. But if I don't know my stuff, yeah. if I'm not prepared and do my own work, then I'm not adding value. Yeah. So, you know, you help that player because you knew your stuff. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the this is a beginning and we'll have other podcasts down the road that will deal with some characteristics and uh, different aspects of an effective sports counselor but I would just like to then conclude by just saying that just by saying I want to be I'd like to be around teams is not enough you have to have a lot of other components that have to mix with it in order for 
you to be a good sports counselor. And uh, so that's what we're trying to teach at our university and our sports uh, uh, psychology endorsement program uh, that we want to make sure that they're ready. And that's why we're making them do seminars and other workshops for coaches and watching them on videos and stuff to make sure that we know what they're doing so that they can we can point out are they fulfilling any of these 10 lists so well until next time uh, we will uh, conclude and we'll pick up uh, on another topic soon